0: Hello my friends. Welcome back. It's Matt and this is What's True for Everybody and we're back with episode 17. And it's been a while. I haven't done this in a couple months. Uh, a couple different reasons for that. Uh, number 1, I've been working on a few different things that are coming up this summer that I needed to focus on. And two, I was I spent some time trying to decide if I was doing these podcast episodes because I wanted to or because I felt like I had to. And I realized it was probably a little bit of both. (laughs) So I took a little break and I think there are some things like if you do them because you feel like you have to do them, it actually cheapens the experience. Have you had this, have you had this experience? Now, some things like oh, I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I don't feel like making my kids dinner. Well, too bad. <laughs> Your kids are hungry. They need to eat, make them dinner. Or I don't really feel like loving my neighbor today. Mm, not really an option for us. If, if we're Jesus followers, this is, this is what we do. Uh, but then there are other things where if you do them because you feel like you have to do them, it somehow lessens the excitement. There's, there's some things like working out, like you do it even when you don't feel like it, and that actually gets you in the mood to do it more. There are other things where, yeah, I was gonna go do that today, but I, I just kind of feel like relaxing. And I don't want to do that. Um, don't do it. There's <laughs> some things you just don't have to do, anyway. So I think I realized I'm gonna I'm gonna do this when I have an idea and I want to, and I'm not gonna do it when I don't want to, which. If you do the research on podcasts and trying to get listeners and stuff, that's like the worst thing you could do because they all tell you have consistency, put something out at the same time every week or whatever it is, every month, however often you do it. Um, But I don't really care about that. (laughs) I'm doing this because it's fun for me. I'm grateful for everyone who who listens to this, and I hope it's somehow helpful. Uh, But I started this because it's actually therapeutic. It was therapeutic for me in the season I was in, and I think that's still... True. So we keep learning together, and I'll keep offering my thoughts uh, when I can and when I have them. So here we go. This is episode experience, excuse me, number 17, and I'm calling it New Beginnings. And I woke up at 4.45 this morning with this this episode, this experience in my head, and it's now 9.07. I went to the gym this morning, had breakfast with my family, did some writing and some reading, and... Here we go. This is a few hours old in my head. Um, so I want to talk about the experience yesterday I had that inspired this episode, and then we'll look at a story in the Gospels from Matthew cha- or, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10. Uh, then we'll ask the big question, and then we'll give eight tips for new beginnings. So here we go. Here's why I'm doing this. Yesterday was the last day of school for my daughter. She graduated first grade and my wonderful boss let me cut out of work for a little bit to go meet my daughter as she walked out the doors for the last time as a first grader. So I left work, stopped and bought some flowers for her and uh, found my wife and son who were waiting with a bunch of other parents and kids. And saw friends and parents of my daughter's friends. And my son is on a, a baseball team. And I am the coach, which is about the most fun thing ever. And so I got there. And he's swinging with a couple other of his teammates. And so I got to hang out with, or the Coyotes, by the way. I got to hang out with some Coyotes yesterday. Some really good ball players, <laughs> Kindergarten, preschool ball players, And then the moment came where the students were let out. And the teachers, who are wonderful, lined up outside the doors and made like a tunnel. You know, you see it at basketball games sometimes. And they put their arms up and kind of together. And then the students walk in between. And then as the students were walking out for the last time this year, the teachers were singing. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey. Goodbye. You know that song? And it was this. Corey and I talked about it last night. There was this moment where I was just really, really grateful that in this season of our lives, we're able to invest in this community. We're able to be in this community. We saw teachers, uh, our daughter's preschool teacher last year, her first grade teacher, I'm sorry, kindergarten teacher last year, first grade teacher this year, other great teachers who we love and appreciate who are part of the school. And it was this moment of communal, Oh, this is fantastic. The sun was shining. It was beautiful outside, which always helps. And, uh, we're just really grateful to be a part of that. And my daughter walks out and of course we take pictures of her and then I hand her her flowers and she (laughs) hugs the flowers and she looks at me and she smiles and she just says flowers, (laughs) which makes everything worth it. And the other realization I had was this is like a natural transition. Something has just ended and now there is a new beginning, namely summer. Summer. The school calendar tells us it's summer. The, the weather <laughs> around here can't make up its mind. But I was reminded that we are constantly offered new beginnings. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And here we go. There's a story in Ma- uh, Mark chapter 10. I keep saying Matthew because Matthew also tells a similar story, um, With Matthew's story, there's two guys involved. Here, there's one person involved. His name is Bartimaeus. And so you might know this story uh, as blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. And Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46, he writes this Then they came to Jericho. Okay, time out. Uh, Who's they and why are they in Jericho? We read the next verse and we're told that as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. So Jesus followed by his disciples, a large crowd leaving Jericho. Now, uh, they're in Jericho or they're passing through Jericho because they're on their way to Jerusalem. What will happen in Jerusalem, so this is getting close to the end. What will happen in Jerusalem, which is really the beginning, (laughs) new beginnings. What will happen in Jerusalem is Jesus will be arrested. uh, He'll be tortured. He'll be spit on. He'll be crucified. He will be killed. This for us, uh, Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, this marks things like forgiveness and death and new life. Jesus knows what he's headed towards. He's headed towards dying for the sins of the world, even though uh, most of the people around him have, have really don't get this yet. Now, Jericho. They're passing through Jericho because that's what they need to pass through to get to Jerusalem. Interesting note here. Jericho is one of the lowest points, if not the lowest point, elevation-wise, in in the world, (laughs) which is fascinating to think about. Jericho is like, it's 846 feet below sea level. Okay, they're they're walking to Jerusalem, which is about a 15-mile walk from Jericho. Uh, Jerusalem is... 2,625 feet above sea level. By the way, where I'm sitting right now, uh, pretty much at the base of the Rocky Mountains in Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, I am at the moment like 5,849 feet above Jericho, which is fun to think about. Uh, Fort Collins is somewhere at like 5,003 feet or something like that, in case you were wondering. Anyway. Uh, where they're headed, they need to now walk 15 miles, and it will be a like a 3,471-foot climb. Okay, so this isn't an, an easy walk. Anyway, not the point of the story, but um, we'll, we'll come back to that later. Here we go. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, uh, important, he's blind, Bartimaeus which means son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, by the way, Matthew's gospel and Matthew's, <laughs> my wife keeps texting me, texting me. I forgot to turn off my phone. And if you hear those dings, that's uh, on my messenger on my computer. Sorry about that, but I'm not starting this over. So here we go. Um, Matthew has two blind beggars. Mark has one named Bartimaeus. When he Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. What a question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. (laughs) Kind of an obvious, Jesus, why? Duh. (laughs) What do you think I want? Uh, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. A couple of questions here. One, why is this significant in in Mark's gospel where he places this? And then two, what does his faith have to do with physical sight? Okay, so this story, to answer the first question, Mark puts right after the story where he writes of uh, James and John asking Jesus if they can have the seats of honor in, in Jesus' kingdom. Uh, they ask him, we want to, <laughs> They ask, interesting, by the way, teacher, James and John ask, say, uh, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Huh. What's the question Jesus just asked this blind fella? What do you want me to do for you? He didn't ask James and John this. James and John just said, oh, J- Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Jesus, um, as if he doesn't know, says politely, what do you want me to do for you? They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Meaning when you're at the right hand of God, like let us have the seats of honor. Let us be the next most important people after you. Uh, Jesus answers, you don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism? Baptism I am baptized with. Uh, What is this? Mark, this is like a wink, wink, nod, nod from Mark saying, James and John, they don't get it. They don't get, um, um, yeah, they don't yet get the way of Jesus, uh, the suffering, the death that this is going to involve. They just want the glory. Contrast, Mark says, "This, this guy, this blind Bartimaeus, this beggar sitting on the side of the road who no one wants anything to do with other than Jesus, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. This guy, he, what does he call him? Uh, Jesus, son of David. When you say son of David, what did that mean? It meant, I recognize you as the Messiah. Because the Messiah, we were told from Old Testament scriptures, was going to come from the line of David. So, this guy, this guy gets it. Second, to be blind, um, everything was, was connected. So, to be blind, it was assumed it had to do with some sort of sin from you or from your parents or uh, whatever. There's actually a story where Jesus has asked who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Um, Jesus, by the way, says um, neither. This, this happened, so you can see the kingdom of God here among you. But, so when Jesus heals this guy, um, it's not just a, hey, you can physically see. It is that, but it goes much, much deeper than that. This involves the heart this involves the spirit. This involves the soul. This is why Jesus says, "Your faith has healed you." It is all connected. So it's not just a surfacey healing. It is that. This that's what this guy needs, but that's not the root of it. Uh, what is blind Bartimaeus offered? What is he given here? <laughs> He's given a new beginning. I mean, how long has he been sitting on the roadside in Jericho, just begging people? hour after hour after hour, day after day after day for money. He's given a new beginning. How often has he thought or prayed, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, give me something else here. Help me. Um, And finally, finally, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. This guy can now see. And what does he do? He immediately receives his sight and he follows Jesus along the road. Here's the big question. How many of you could use a new beginning? Here we are. It's, it's summertime, at least according to the calendar. Not technically, you know what I mean, according to the school calendar. Uh, it's like a natural time for a new beginning, which makes us think about what kind of new beginnings we want, we need. How many of you could use a new beginning in your life? Whether it has to do with your attitude with something. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's you that needs, like your inner core that needs a change. Maybe it has to do with a behavior you're engaged in. Maybe it has to do with your work, uh, like actually doing your work maybe, or getting new work. Maybe you've been miserable for a long, long time. Uh, maybe it has to do with a relationship, reconciliation, uh, sitting down, there's something you need to talk with somebody about. And you know it's going to be hard But it's going to eventually on the other side Be really healing Maybe it has to do with you need to be forgiven for something Maybe that's your new beginning You need a clean slate And so you need to go to that person and say Here's what I did and I'm sorry And I'm asking you to to forgive me How many of you could use A new beginning And I've come up with this morning uh, Here we go, eight tips For new beginnings If you are in the market for a new beginning And I hope Uh, maybe all these will be helpful. Maybe one of them will be helpful. Maybe none of them will be helpful. I hope that's not true, but that's always a possibility. Here we go. Eight tips for new beginnings. Number one, pray Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is what this guy, Bartimaeus does. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what are you really praying when you're praying that? Uh, This is, okay, God, I'm putting myself in, in my rightful place in this relationship. You are God. I am not. I have, like Bartimaeus, um, I have a whole hairball of things going on in my life that, that I need forgiveness for. Uh, I need mercy. And I know my relationship with you is actually based off of your grace, your love, your forgiveness. Jesus went to Jerusalem to die on the cross and to be resurrected so we can have this new life. Jesus, God, I need you to have mercy on me. Forgive me. Maybe we start with what are the huge, huge rocks in our lives we need to move out of the way so we can be better connected with God. Number one, pray Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I've been in the habit every morning of of praying this, um, The last several months I've been doing it, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me and uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. A line from the Old Testament that I love, speak, Lord, your servant is listening and Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, Second tip for new beginnings, ignore the naysayers. Bartimaeus, scream in the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, and many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Hey, sh- shut it Shut it down over there. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Jesus doesn't want anything to do with you. Stop bothering us. We're the important people you're not. Uh, you don't have the right to be here to talk to Jesus. Stop yelling. And he just shouts out the louder, louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, there will be people in your life who tell you you can't do things, who tell you you shouldn't do things, who tell you this new beginning isn't possible ignore the naysayers, which is different from listening to wise counsel of people who you love, respect and trust. There are times where we're like, Hey, I need this. And, and you actually, we actually don't. And there'll be people along the way who will help us see that. Um, But what I'm talking about is the negative naysayers who say, no, this, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. Uh, Jesus can't help you here. Uh, There was, I think it was spring training time in, in baseball. I think Tim Tebow had an interview uh, when he was in spring training with the Mets and he went off on ignoring naysayers. He, he, he said something like other people don't get to define you and don't get to define who you are and what your calling is. God gets to do that. And this just popped into my, popped into my head. And maybe you've seen that ignore the naysayers. There will be naysayers when you're going for a new beginning and, and don't listen to that. Seek out, the people who you trust, the wise counsel, and all of that, and ignore the people who don't have the right to tell you who you are and what you do. Okay, so pray, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Two, ignore the naysayers. Three, third tip for new beginnings. Answer the question that Jesus is asking you, and the question is this, what do you want me to do for you? What a question. Again, super interesting. He doesn't ask James and John this, but they they think he should have. Uh, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's the spirit of like arrogance, and we want to be the best. You know how many times Jesus had to tell his disciples, hey, if you want to be great, you got to become the least. Uh, blind Bartimaeus is the least. He recognizes this, and he's begging on the cry, side of the road for crying out loud. He cannot see, and Jesus' question is, what? do you want me to do for you? Now, this is, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's an interesting question because, um, well, what do you want? What do I want you to do for me? I want you to pay off my mortgage (laughs) because it's a little burdensome. Um, this isn't a surfacey question. So this has to do with going all the way to the core of dealing with the heart. I remember So, years and years ago, I taught this passage in a juvenile detention center, and I asked these young men and women to think about this question, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And I'll never forget it. There was a guy in the back row, uh, I don't know, 17 years old, something like that, 16 years old, shouted out, I want Jesus to get me out of here. And I remember just like pausing and just thinking, wow, a, I bet. I mean, that's, that's a natural design. I bet you would like that. Um, and I, I don't blame you for wanting that. The reality is there's probably a reason you're here. Um, and the purpose of this question isn't the, I just want to get out of here. Um, although it might be, but there's a deeper question here. What do you want me to do for you? How can I help you change your perspective, your heart, your soul, your love for me, your love for others? How, how how can I forgive you here? And sometimes that involves getting out of the situation we're in, but sometimes it involves actually being at peace with the situation we're in. Have you ever had, an, like, God, get me out of this job? Um Maybe it's not time for that, but maybe what it is time for is for you to be okay with being in that job, even if it's not long-term. God, give me peace and joy while I'm here. Have you had days of, God, get me out of this marriage? And Jesus is like, that's, it's not, that's, not, that's not really what I'm interested in here in your situation right now, but what I would like to do is help you see the beauty of your marriage and help you love your spouse the best that you possibly can. God, um, what what do I want? I want you to get this person out of my life. I want you to make my neighbor move away. Well, maybe the more heart transforming thing Jesus can do is actually help you realize how you can serve your neighbor, or love your neighbor, or forgive your neighbor, cut your neighbor's grass every once in whatever whatever it is. Uh, number three, answer: What do you want me to do for you? And it's a deep, deep question. How can God? How can Jesus change your heart, your perspective, your soul? Number four, tip for new beginnings. Enjoy today. Enjoy today. And what I mean by that is is be present today. Find where Jesus is in your life right now. Uh, Throw the cloak aside like blind Bartimaeus does and run after Jesus as fast as you can and follow him. Enjoy today. What is it about today that you can enjoy? Where do you see Jesus today? Is it in the weather? Is it in a person? Is it in something you read? Is it in something you feel like Jesus has spoke to you? Is it in scripture? Whatever. Enjoy today. Number five. Tip for new beginnings. Uh, Be prepared for the occasional uphill climb. What you'll notice in the story is blind Bartimaeus now has sight. He's been forgiven. He's been healed. He is now following Jesus. But guess what? He still has a 15 mile and 3,471 foot climb ahead of him. (laughs) This walk still isn't going to be simple. Uh, Just because we have Jesus in our life, or maybe a better way to say it is just because we recognize that Jesus is in our lives and around us and working, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That was never the promise. The promise was he, he, he would... Be with us, and he is with us. Uh, the promise was never ease. Be prepared for the occasional uphill climb. And hopefully it's not all uphill climb. We, we, need, some, uh, we need to be on cruise control sometimes. We need some downhill action. We, uh, but that's not all life is. Things are going to happen. People are going to get sick. Uh, there will be times when finances are tighter than other times. There'll be times when relationships are rocky. Uh, Jesus is still with you, but, but there's still going to be uphill climbs, even in new beginnings. So be, be prepared for the occasional uphill climb. Number six, find things to look forward to. And th- this has been huge for me, uh, in the last, like, I don't know, seven months, find things to look forward to. Uh, There'll be times where it'll be like, what is going on with my life? What I, where I thought I was going, it doesn't look like I'm going anymore. What I thought this relationship was, it's not. Um, this is kind of depressing. Find things to look forward to. So over the last several months, um, our family, extended family, has been planning a vacation together. And, and I have helped another person in our family kind of just put together the details of it. And in the midst of all the things of, I wish this weren't happening, This was something like, oh, we're going to get to go do this, and I get to be a part of putting it all together. Uh, I am teaching at a summer camp for a bunch of high school students in Indiana Uh, later this, uh, I guess it's the end of June I leave. And I've been preparing those teachings, and there's like eight of them in four days, which is going to be awesome, which is why, uh, one of the reasons why, by the way, I haven't done these podcast episodes in a couple months, but I look forward to that. That's given me life. That's given me energy. Uh, Find things to look forward. I'm doing a wedding for an old student of mine when I was living in Michigan. I'm doing his wedding in August. And so Corey and I have been doing pre-marriage mentoring with them. And man, it is a blast. So I'm looking forward to that. Find things to look forward to. That is huge. Number seven, tip for new beginnings. See Sunday as the first day of the week. Here's what I mean. How many of you wake up on Monday morning and immediately (laughs) are not excited about this the coming week, the job, the things you have to do, uh, getting up early, whatever it is? A lot of us see Monday as the first day of the week, and a lot of us don't like Mondays. And so for a lot of us, the first perception of our week is this isn't good. (laughs) But, uh, here's my encouragement. See Sunday as the first day of the week. And maybe it's not Sunday. Maybe it's just whatever your day off is, Sabbath day, the day you play, relax, are with friends and family, whatever. Do what you need to do. Refill yourself. Um, but when you see that as the first day of the week, by the way, it actually is the first day of the week. Um, Jesus is raised from the dead and and we're told that it's early in the morning on the first day of the week, which was resurrection Sunday. So the week doesn't end with like bad, 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 end with resurrection. It actually starts with resurrection and then it happens again. (laughs) That's the joy of the life with Jesus. When you, when you view the beginning of the week as something you enjoy, something that gives you life, that's a whole different outlook. And then you do things like whatever it is for you, going to church, uh, relaxing, being outside, uh, see Sunday as the first day of the week. And then, uh, lastly, eight tip for new beginnings, start what you need to start and end what you need to end. Start what you need to start and end what you need to end. Uh, Remember that song, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end? <laughs> I forget what that name of that song is, but it reminds me of high school. Uh, every new beginning some comes from some other beginning's end. Is there something you need to end so that a new beginning can start? This is a, a, the death and resurrection cycle. Um, or what is it you just need to start? Maybe nothing needs to end. You just need to start something, a spiritual practice, uh, saying yes to things more giving your job your best, giving your kids your best. Whatever it is, what is it you need to start that would actually help you in your relationship with Jesus? So there it is. Eight tips for new beginnings. Uh, There's a German, was a German theologian in the 12 and 1300s named Meister Eckhart. I think it's Meister. Meister Eckhart. Uh, He said this, be willing to be a beginner every single morning. Ah, that's good, isn't it? Be willing to be a beginner every single morning. This is the life with Jesus. We're constantly offered new beginnings, clean slates, second chances, 1,000, 10,000th chances. Uh, today can be full of things that never were. It's a new day. It can be full of things that never were. Right? Failure isn't isn't the problem. Failure isn't falling down. Failure is staying down. You get a new chance to get up, a new chance to do it again, right? It's never too late to be who you might've been. That's one of my favorites. It's never too late to be who you might've been. Well, my friends, that's it. Experience 17, new beginnings, school's out at least here. Uh, uh, Maybe some of you have another week or so, but summertime, baby. Hope you're well. Have a great day.